This episode is brought to you by Monkey Blood Design and Publishing. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Imagine, create, play. Monkey Blood Design and Publishing is a publisher of products for role-playing games from the theater of the mind glory days of the 70s and 80s to the in-depth rule systems of modern gaming. Monkey Blood Design and Publishing is also the home of the Gold Any Award-winning The Midderland setting and its creator, Glenn Seal. Monkey Blood ships quality gaming products around the world from their UK web store, but you can also find their products on DriveThruRPG, Itch.io, and Redbubble. Not only do they offer high-quality gaming material, but if you need a piece of cartography, art, writing, or layout for your own project, Monkey Blood Design and Publishing can offer freelance services to help bring your own project to creation. So, if you want to buy some great RPG products or get help bringing your own to fruition, head on over to monkeyblooddesign.co.uk and get in touch. Let Monkey Blood Design and Publishing help you to imagine, create, and play. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. First off, first off, we have an email from Mark Court. He gave it to me a while back, and I totally forgot about it. Sorry, Mark. But Mark says, hey, Glenn. Great episode on Level Drain. I will be, I'll be the first to say I hate Level Drain as a player and a GM. Here's how we run it in our game. Instead of Level Drain, Whites, Vampires, etc. drain max hit points. And this is permanent. In other words, the max hit points your player can have, they lose it. Permanently. So if your player... If your player, if your character has a max hit point of say 25, and they drain five points, boom, it's down to 20. That's what I get from it. But he says it can be. He says this is permanent, but can be restored by a cleric back in town or someone with a cure disease spell. Okay, it's a good way to make the party go back to town to rest up and spend some of the coins at the local temple slash church. That's a good idea too. Give that a shot next time you're pondering level drain. It works great in our group, and our, your players will thank you. Take care, Mark. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that email. And you know what? I would, I would do something also. Uh, well, either, either. I guess it's an either or. But I would also do something like instead of doing the max hit points, you know, they lose every hit of that creature does the max on the die. So if they if they their bite does a D eight, you will automatically lose eight points of damage. No question, no rolling, boom, eight points. And if you couple that with the max hit points thing, that can really be deadly. Even on its own, it's like a vampire only needs to hit you like maybe twice to put you down, usually. For like a, a low to medium, say a medium level group say 9 to 12. Still, you know. So, that's a good idea. Thank you, Mark. That was a that was a great idea. So, let's talk about a word about mapping, okay? Do you have players map the dungeon? Now, I don't really care to map a dungeon. 
Although it would, if somebody wanted to, they're they're perfectly willing. I'm perfectly willing to let them. You know, I just don't like the whole. Well, you know, this it does it doesn't have to look right. You know, that's the whole point of the players mapping it, as opposed to the DM showing it, because they're supposed to to follow along. If they were actually in the dungeon, they would have to map it this way. And as far as I'm concerned, if I'm mapping in a dungeon and it's not completely right, as long as I get like the directions were going right, then, then we're okay. We're okay. I mean, okay, fine. The corridor was a little longer than we thought. That's fine. Okay, it twisted left instead of right. Okay, yeah, but I remember this. See, I like to, when I'm going out someplace, if I don't have a GPS, I like to look for landmarks. You know, I look for streets and stuff like that. Was, oh, yeah, where the where the Walmart is over here or, you know, the gas station over there, that kind of thing. That's what I look for in a dungeon, and that's what the players should look for, too. Even if they take chalk and mark a wall or something or the ground, you know, look for you where you put, the, put that mark type of thing. See, on my Monday game, we don't do that because we're online or we're at the table where I draw out whatever we need. We do theater of the mind until it becomes really important. Then I draw out the map. But in the Thursday game, we have a player mapping. That's uh, usually um, you know, usually one of the players. Um, and Brad is usually the one who, because he likes to map. And what Matt does in our Beckman game is usually go, Okay, it goes south. He'll give Fort North, South, East, and West because he always tell you which way is north. South for 30 feet, then it goes left, and then it goes 20 feet, and it goes right to a T-intersection. It goes left and right. One direction, you know, 30 feet to the, to the west and 40 feet to the east, ending in a door, that kind of thing. Where it really gets tricky is if you're in a cavern because... I know the map is going to be screwed up because it's sort of because he's like it sort of bends a little 30 degrees this way and then it goes straight again and then it goes 30 degrees out. Yeah, and 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 Brad's trying to keep up. The reason I don't care for doing it as a GM too is the fact that a lot of times the players I've seen this in the game. Matt and Brad will will compare Matt will compare the maps. Okay, you got that right. That's a little right. And you know, you don't need to do that. You know, you're not supposed to do that anyway. Some GMs, it's like, yeah, they get off, they get lost, they get lost, you know. But you should follow the map you have. That's what I mean. No matter if it's a little off or a lot off, you can use it to remember things. In fact, if I was doing the map myself, I would put land, if there's like, oh yeah, I remember this because like there's a split down half the wall here. I'll just mark that on the map. Or over here was a, I don't know, a sconce for a light source, like a torch or something. I'll mark that on a map and just use that and try and follow along as best I can if you want to do that. Some people like it, some people don't. As I said, caveat emptor. So that's my little talk about lighting, or lighting, mapping, sorry. <laughs> Thinking about lighting. 
Anyway, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com or drop a voicemail on Anchor. If you want to do a single donation, there's my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you two can help support this program, and I would thank you. And I think I already said that. I don't remember. But I do want to thank these people who do give to me monthly. Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John, Allen, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you very much. There's some good other good podcasts out there. Dan Gregg's the Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognar podcast. Mark C. Wallring's the Yawning Albert podcast. Kevin at the Red Caps podcast. Daniel Norton at the Bandits Keep podcast. Randy and Joe at the Biggest Geekest podcast. Big John Allen, Largest of Red Dice Diaries. And my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, till I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.